Welcome to Every Part, a division of Sharing Bread Ministries, highlighting different parts of the body of Christ in work, culture, and personality. Hosted by Kaylee Yo and me, Betsy Eldridge. Recently, Kaylee and I talked with Stephanie Benson to learn about her part in the body of Christ so that we could discover what God is doing through the unseen parts and how those parts are just as important as the seen ones, which is ultimately the purpose of this podcast altogether. Oh, yeah. It's to unveil and learn from every part of the body of Christ. So Stephanie is a part that is a similar personality to myself. I really connected with her, I feel like, in the way where she said she's a big people pleaser and she put so much energy towards thinking about what other people wanted. And I can relate to that. Oh, yeah. It's easy to relate to wanting to make people happy and please people. Um, So let me lay out some of the background before we go into the moment. Uh, Stephanie was born and raised in Ohio and just recently moved to Alabama. She works for a construction company that's Christian-based and does, um, uh, and she does HR for them. Um, it's really cool because they let her minister to the employees that she works with. And so she's really enjoyed that. Yeah, it's really an awesome part of her story that we uncovered. I found it to be very encouraging to myself hearing how she was able to relate to others and learn how to get through her people pleasing and putting God first and fearing God. Okay, so tell me about you and, like, where you grew up. So you grew up in Ohio, I did. I've been in Ohio my whole life up until December, so. Nice. Now you're down Uh in the south. (laughs) Yep. Um, So I grew up in a small town. It's called Norwalk. Um, And my family, my stepfamily has a farm. So, like, I grew up kind of in farm environment um, for a big part of my life. Um, But mostly my dad and my uncle's kind of running it, and then we just help out in the summers during bailing season (laughs) um but uh and then I so I have I tell people I'm the youngest of five I have one biological sibling and then three step siblings but they've been my step siblings since I think I was five or six Mm -hmm. and then we all grew up in the same house so I just say I'm the youngest of five yeah (laughs) um was it it was it hard growing up in a mixed family, or do you know is you just don't know anything different? I think a lot of people were surprised at how well we blended. Um, but I think part of that was just the fact that they ended up coming into our household, and um, so like we were around each other all the time. And I was so young that like it just felt normal to me. Yeah. Everything feels normal when you're a kid. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, um, we we blended really well. Um, I mean, there's still aspects that we experience today where, like, I'm definitely closest to my biological brother just because we have some of the same experiences spending weekends with our dad and coming back and forth. Um, But uh, overall, like, I mean, I consider their kids my nieces and nephews, and, like, we are just a family, so. They all in Ohio? Uh, All except my oldest brother, Adam's in Kentucky. Okay. So what's That's your relationship with everybody now, are y'all? So, um, yeah, yeah, we're I'm s- still closest to my biological brother, mm-hmm. um, but uh, like my sister and her family are coming down to Destin for vacation for, so I'm like, okay, let's get to stop by. Yeah. 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 Um, and uh, my other sister, Holly, just moved back to my hometown, so my two sisters are in my hometown still. Um, and then my brother Adam's in Kentucky, and then 
my brother Andrew is in Cleveland, Ohio. So with his wife, they're all married. I'm still single, so <laughs> I'm the baby and I'm oh. young and young again. I'm <laughs> the free one. Fun <laughs> aunt. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love yeah. being that. Yeah. Well, um, so I guess since your your parents obviously got a divorce, and, um, yeah. So was that hard, like being between I, two different mom, a mom and dad? It, yeah, um, I don't remember my parents actually. So the actual divorce was not difficult for me. I don't remember it. I was three, so um, like my first memories are of it just being my brother, my mom, and me. Yeah. Um, but it was hard to like have your like the rhythm of my week was different because like every Wednesday I would go stay with my dad just for one night and then every other weekend I was with my dad um and just trying to balance that out and um it just kind of shifts your week every week and um yeah it it's not as consistent as us all being in the same household and one family so did you ever have a hard time any kind of hard feelings with it being Blenda like where this on this side and they're on that side yeah feel divided or there were definitely times where it felt like with my step family like where Mm -hmm. I wasn't like a hundred percent one of the cousins or I wasn't a hundred percent one of the grandkids Mm -hmm. and um there were times like where like I would just get frustrated by like why do I have to go over to my dad's tonight or why do I have to like yeah. going back and forth and just being like why can't we just be one family right yeah. it's not total and just perfect and it's not a fit fit you know yeah. like you know you're always feeling a little off to yeah. yeah and and not as as fully connected to my dad as like obviously it would have been mm-hmm. preferred growing up so so did you become a Christian like when you were um a child like in that environment or were you older when you became a Christian I was a little bit older um I had a group of friends in middle school that invited me to church camp and um so I was raised kind of like Christmas Easter Catholic Mm -hmm. (laughs) um and just I was exposed to it I had to go to catechism classes because I went to the public school and not the Catholic school Mm -hmm. um because it was all that my mom knew so she like wanted me to grow up in something that she was aware of but um just it was just like the family thing and I didn't fully connect with it um, from a Catholic point of view. Um, but then in seventh grade, uh, I went to church camp with ch- uh, two of my friends who I'm actually still friends with today. Oh, yeah. um, but uh, I just encountered Jesus at, at that camp in seventh grade, went back in eighth grade and kind of just started going to youth group with it, with all of them. Mm-hmm. And like my whole group of friends, like it was like, okay, we're all going to youth group on Sunday nights. And um, I just like encountered something that I knew was real. And I think I always had a little bit of a hunger for the Lord. Yeah. Like I just was inherent for me where I was like, I, I think in some ways, like the aspect, like like my brother is not so much into Jesus. Um, and I, I still dearly love him and he's mm-hmm. amazing. Um, but I think in the ways that he saw people talk about faith and not walk it out mm-hmm. caused him to feel like it's not real mm-hmm. caused me to actually hunger for more i was like there is something to this and i know that there's more and then suddenly i had the opportunity to encounter that that yeah. more and i was just like okay this is what my heart has been longing for like this is what i was made for yeah yeah that's awesome yeah um so so as you're like growing in this did it change like your role like within your family like to your siblings like you become a christian in seventh grade you're still living with all these yeah. people like i mean did you did that change your like did you want them to i did um it's being the youngest in the family uh it 
it was just felt strange to like try and lead up siblings and stuff yeah. um and i was really shy about sharing my faith mm-hmm. i'm a lot bolder now <laughs> um it's hard yeah <laughs> and with like that intimate of a relationship it's like i don't know if they're going to reject me or if they're going to reject this um i did have some battles with my mom and my stepdad around like my senior year of high school mm-hmm. and around eighth grade because my mom was like, I want you to get confirmed at the Catholic Church. And I'm like, but I'm encountering Jesus here. Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, this is all I know. So I I, I obeyed my mother <laughs> and <laughs> got confirmed at the Catholic Church. But um, then from there on, kind of started just exploring different types of churches. Um, but there was an aspect of them not understanding how hungry I was for the Lord. Mm-hmm. And like around my senior year, they're like, you're going to church all the time. Like I've never seen a girl want to go to church so much in my entire life. Cause for them, it was a little more of a boring thing uh-huh. and a duty thing. Um, so they, they couldn't understand it. And like we would get in fights, like you're not focusing on your college applications enough, you're not. So I was almost like, I felt almost like the black sheep of the family because I was pursuing the Lord in a yeah. in a more intense way than what anything they'd seen before. So it was a little bit isolating, but like I still like know that they respect and honor like my faith and, and they do have a faith. It's just not doesn't look the same as mine. <laughs> yeah. I have friends that have kind of gone through that situation and yeah. it's so hard because like it's it you know, your faith is tested over time. And mm-hmm. then over time they see that, wow, she really does believe what she says she's believing. And yeah. she is different. And they're like, Jesus has changed her or something has changed her. I mean, you know, but they don't understand. And it's so hard, especially yeah. if you're a pleaser. Uh, I mean, I like to please people. Yeah. And so when they're like, hey, you know, what are you doing? That doesn't make sense. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm doing this because I love Jesus. Like, why, why don't you see this? Like, yeah. It's, um, it has to be hard. I don't know if you're yeah. like that at all. Oh, I'm 100% a people pleaser. So <laughs> it's actually something the Lord has grown me a lot in the in like the last year or two. So just um, setting aside my fear of man so that I can fear him alone. And yeah. Something like I put on my mirror, like fear God alone, because it, it just got so overwhelming at times. So like, okay, I can't please, like trying to please everyone. And you just get, so, you get like whiplash, like trying to pay attention, like what, Squirrel, like, (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to please you, but then you pleasing you means not pleasing you, and it's this is confusing. Yes, it's hard to do. Yeah, (laughs) I don't know how to. Yeah, you know, it's this warring like where you're like pleasing man. It's just you're never gonna make somebody happy. There's always you make them happy one minute, and then the same thing the next day makes them mad. Exactly. So how did you like brought that on? Besides like having having that on your how has that changed your life? Having that. Um, practical stuff. It's been a yeah. challenge. Yes, <laughs> I bet. <laughs> it's uh, caused me to to make decisions that people that love me very much didn't necessarily want, like uh, me moving down here. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but I had to just say, like, I really feel like this is something that the Lord is on. Mm-hmm. I'm making this decision, and I'm doing this, and I love you, but... You, there's no, I'm not going to receive any any more input. Like, I'm obviously open to counsel, but, like, in that circumstance, I was like, I know that the thing that's holding me here is codependency and a, and a need to please you, mm-hmm. and that's the only thing holding me here, and it's not the mm-hmm. Lord. And so, like, it was a – I had to face some battles in the last year of just, like, I'm telling you what I'm doing, and mm-hmm. I know that you're probably not going to be happy about it, but um, I'm going to do it anyway because I have to – to 
obey the voice of the Lord alone. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. How did they respond? Did they hear that? Um, some did. Um, others just questioned. They're like, just this doesn't feel like you. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I, I, like, I'm not always the best at responding in the moment, but like in my head, I'm like, yeah, I know this doesn't feel like me, but I've been getting a lot of inner healing, and I'm changing, and I'm growing, and sometimes growing means not doing the same old things so maybe the person i'm trying to become yeah <laughs> following the lord's yeah. footsteps right. getting me here that's yeah. amazing that's really hard to do yeah do you feel relief after being here or uh still? yeah okay. there was i mean i'm a little more introverted and um so it's it's not as easy for me to like step out and be like i'm gonna make a bunch of new friends um but uh i've like challenged myself to like okay i'm gonna like step out i'm gonna try and um make new friends, not doing it in a people-pleasing way, (laughs) and just, like, be fully who I am uh, no matter where I am, so. Well, and, you know, it's cool because it's the Holy Spirit living through you. He's the one who's called you here for a purpose, Mm -hmm. and and you're going in His strength to make your new friends and to be here, to be what He wants you to be here. Mm -hmm. And He's obviously got a huge calling on you to be here for some reason. Have you, like, seen so far why he's got you here or not just, fully yeah. um i even just last night like i feel like he's revealing more um i've actually been letting myself rest um over like since i've gotten here um like my go-to was just like serve 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 mm-hmm. to the point of burnout um and that just wasn't healthy yeah. um and so i've let myself rest a little bit but i think i'm ready to like step back in soon um and like serve in the church that i'm a part of and um and they they have just announced last night that they're stepping back into like more like emotional health and inner healing ministry. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, yes, yeah. I totally want to be part of that. Like, yeah. I got this. <laughs> I was like, yes, yes. let's awesome. do this. <laughs> Sometimes sharing your faith can be intimidating, but genuine questions, genuine questions can lead to gospel conversations. In Matthew, Jesus enters Caesarea Philippi and asks his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? Jesus then asked, what about you? Who do you say that I am? Jesus used questions throughout scripture to uncover the heart of man concerning himself, and we can too. I love asking people, what do you think about Jesus? It helps open the conversation to share my faith that Jesus loved me so much that he saved me from my sin and shame through his life, death, and resurrection. And now I walk in the love of God with assurance that one day I will live with him. Just as Jesus asked his disciples, who do you say that I am? You can ask those you meet, what do you think about Jesus? And use this question to share your faith. To hear a complete presentation of the gospel, visit sharing-bread.com. Tell me more about what that was like, the inner healing. So I actually did a program. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, I did it starting last July uh, through December. It was a six-month intensive program. They just do life consulting. Mm-hmm. And like it was specifically geared towards single women. And it was a husband-wife team. And it's actually like group coaching. So like it's all over Zoom. They're based in Hawaii. So... Mm-hmm they just teach you how to encounter the Lord 
in in the areas that you need healing like figuring out like okay this is a wound that's been causing this cycle in my life mm -hmm. how about i go back to that moment with with the child version of me and say okay father son holy spirit like how, like where were you in the situation how do you want to to redeem this moment and heal my heart and like it's just been really transformative for me um like it was something that i was aware of like for the, like the last 10 years but i was always like that's for, like other people need that i was always like not focusing on myself and just like mm -hmm. i just want to help other people mm -hmm. um and that makes me feel good but like the lord is like letting me like okay let's let's get you filled up and whole so that you can have something to give out <laughs> yeah so um yeah i did that program and it was uh, just really helpful. It's helped me grow a lot. Was it scary? Did you know when you say the wounds? Was that something when you say you're kind of trying to help people to kind of not acknowledge that? Was something you're like, I know that I have to deal with this later? I, yeah, I think subconsciously was I was or aware. Or were you surprised with what came up? Um, I think I've always been a pretty self-aware, okay. but it was the aspect of like, I knew it in my head, but it had to hit my heart. Mm -hmm. So like I needed to connect these two things so that it could actually change my behaviors and change um, how I was walking around and doing life. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes the hardest thing to deal with is like you. It's easy to deal with like outside and I'm yeah. just going to help or I'm going to do. I mean, I, I tell... Um, Kaylee all the time I'm like okay you know it's so easy to help people outside my house but like people yeah. inside my house it's so hard to do but the same with it, like with ourselves yeah it's so easy to to look out and help everybody else and just mm -hmm. avoid this huge plank that's in my own eye or like hurts mm -hmm. that I need to deal with with inside me yeah but I think the people that when I go out and and God's dealt with this plank in me and mm -hmm. all of the hurt in me then when I go out I can breathe even more Jesus to them. You exactly. know, I'm more. Yeah, it's 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 less of me and more of Jesus coming to everybody that I encounter. Exactly. Well, you say you're a people pleaser and a helper. Do you do yeah. the Enneagram? I do. do. I'm a two. Okay, okay. so am I. <laughs> I'm like, I feel like we're similar there. Um, but I was um, when you said that, I thought about the unhealthy side of it. You yeah. Know? And I think for me, because I'm the same way, where I love to help, and yeah. then I catch myself being like, "Well, I just wanted to do that because I wanted them to like me." Yeah. And so you and feel you like come now you're able to, yeah, yeah, yeah. to kind of walk in a way where you can. Because that's a gift God's given. Yeah. I mean, I think both of us to be able to help others. We're yeah. body of Christ. Yeah. Yeah. But for the healing you've gone through, to be able yeah. to say, I'm going to do it for the reasons yeah. of the Lord, not I'm just I'm going to be driven by love and yes. not by a need to fill something inside yes. of me. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's Definitely. amazing. I, I need to get that number. <laughs> What's the Zoom <laughs> number? I'm going to hop on that chat. Excuse me. Can That's we do this chat? Do you do job. married women too? <laughs> I think they occasionally do. And they, yeah. I think they're about to launch a men's program. So. That's, yeah. That's incredible. And I do think even as Christians, I don't know if you feel this way, but I do think it, women, it's almost... Yeah. For me, I feel like sometimes I've been able to get by just doing stuff and then to mm -hmm. not really address the issue at hand. Yeah. And so I do think that I'm so proud of you. That's amazing to get do <laughs> that work. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because it is. It's hard work to, like, mm -hmm. oh, yeah. to <laughs> dig in to our flesh and, like, to be like, oh, God, you're revealing this about me. Like, I, I, I don't I want to pretend like that doesn't exist. And, like, yeah. I want to look at a pretty picture in a magazine and think that that's me. When really, in reality, I'm like, so 
dark and hard-hearted and whatever. Yeah. Is there anything you would say to somebody who might be listening who is afraid to kind of go there? Um, talking about me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Yeah. Um, there, there is a lot of joy on the other side. Yeah. Um, like during the program, like they hit, they, the, I think like the, they hit a section and they're like just warning you, like, and they do like training videos. They're like, after this one, like you go through like the handbook and or whatever, the workbook and fill out the sections and like it was like the pain section, like a just addressing all your pain and like listing out the things that are pain points for you. Mm-hmm. And they're like, this is gonna feel heavy for the next week. Like it's gonna hit you and you're gonna have to let yourself feel it. But I've so much learned, like so, for so long I would just push things off. But like, mm-hmm. if you just let yourself feel something, then it doesn't have to hold on to you anymore. And then, like, then you're just free from it. And like, for, for anyone that is struggling with that, like just let yourself feel it because um, on the other side is freedom from it. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I w- I've been doing this, like, it's called Noom. It's like the, um, oh, yeah. Have you heard of it? It's I was actually texting a friend who works for them today. Oh, wait, well, I <laughs> <Yeah>. love it. <laughs> <laughs> it's been amazing, yes. But they, they get into the psychology of, like, mm-hmm. why you eat and why you do all of these different things. Oh, yeah. And one thing that's really big to them is sitting with your emotions. And, like, realizing that when you sit with sadness or hurt or whatever, it won't overtake you. Like, mm-hmm. it's not going to, like, it's it's healthy instead of pushing it back like it doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes, as Christians, I want to just smile and be happy and like, yeah. everything is happy. But that isn't, you know, Jesus wept. He had hard times. Like, there, yeah. we will have hard times on this earth. And he, I don't think he wants us to shove those hard times in a closet and pretend like they weren't there because I know that he's called me to that so that, you know, just like you went through this and maybe Mm -hmm. somebody who's listening who, you know, will glean from this and take this, um, you know, we can encourage other people along in the faith who've gone through hard trials and be like, it's okay, I've been there and I sat with it and it didn't overwhelm me and God brought beauty from these ashes. Mm -hmm. Um, Uh, Yeah, I think the things that you that you struggle with are, are the areas that the Lord is like, once you overcome this, I'm gonna use this for my glory. Like, yes. you can help other people walk through this freedom or, or whatever it is, yes. whatever area that you've taken ground in. Yeah. Yes. So in your life, like what areas do you feel like that God is like, or people, can you, you have a story or anything of like somebody that you've really gotten to help walk through a trial that God helped you through? Yeah, I mean, um, let me think of something specific. Uh, I mean, okay, I have a very specific one. Okay. <laughs> um, my junior year of high school, um, I, I've always like felt really deeply in my friendships. I think just because there is some chaos in family mm-hmm. with, for me, just with having step family and, and different sides of the family, I've always like built deep friendships and, and two of my friends that I've had one since kindergarten one since fourth grade like friendship has just always meant a lot to me Mm -hmm. um just as a safe place to go and and to to be yourself um but I became close with my friend Charlie Charlotte but she won by Charlie um and uh another friend uh like got really close like my sophomore year of high school Mm -hmm. and then really really close my junior year of high school and um like she was part of the ministry that we were we were a part of in high school, um, and I knew that she was starting to struggle with things. But I mean, we were kids and we didn't know how to handle big things. Um, 
and unfortunately she took her own life and um, it was really hard for a 17 year old and all of us to deal with mm -hmm. um, and it was at like the end of the school year like going into like what was supposed to be like the best year like our senior year yeah. um, and like just all of us dealing with it in different ways um, it affected the whole school because um, she was such a like we, what we thought was a happy person mm -hmm. um, she would uh, <laughs> we were all a big fan like big fans of the the band Paramore and like she was a terrible singer like, <laughs> she was the worst singer and she like she would, but she was so bold like she would just sing uh. out loud like however horribly <laughs> she didn't care whatever anyone thought um, but uh, it was just losing that um, and it was it was definitely a struggle in like because the whole school was aware and it was like the first big tragedy like in our small town. Mm -hmm. um, everyone, like there was different people like trying to like pretend like they were closer to it than they were. Mm -hmm. And like, like, and there was really hard aspects of it for me. Um, but the, like the Lord like walked me through healing from that moment. And like, he showed me like when I walked back to that moment um, and it really affected me like deeply for like two years mm -hmm. where it was like affecting my daily life um, and I was kind of like wearing the pain as a badge of honor mm -hmm. which wasn't really helpful right. <laughs> um, but uh, the Lord walked me back to that moment and like showed me how much pain that he was in from it like how much that what happened actually hurt his heart and that he was weeping with me mm -hmm. and like just showing me that like I, I understand how much this hurts like that's my daughter and like this was not the plan that I had um, and just un like realizing like how much the Lord just he understands what we go through like he he became man so that he could understand what it's like to be human and and walk through these things with us and um, I don't remember what verse it is but like I think it's in Hebrews but where he talks about like he's not he he's not someone who doesn't understand he's acquainted with with our griefs and our sorrows and mm -hmm. and the pain that we go through because he he experienced every single temptation known to man and um like just that moment like he he really just brought me back to life by showing me that he was there with me so yeah. it was that was a big turning point for me in college and got healing in that um and it was just like wow, like, Lord, you're amazing. <laughs> yeah. And kind of set me, set me on fire for the Lord. And That's awesome. Yeah. It's, it's so hard to, um, especially when you're at any age, to process, like, tragedy. Mm -hmm. and, and just to see any beauty from, like, the horribleness you know, mm -hmm. like it's just—it's just so hard. I mean, I, I yeah. like, and I don't—I think a lot of it we'll never see the beauty from it on this side of heaven. I mean, it, mm -hmm. you know, like the workings of God's plan. I mean, like life snuffed out early, or you know, mm -hmm. disease and tragedy that happens. It's so hard to understand, but knowing that we serve a God who is in control of all things and who yeah. holds the world in the palm of his hand. I mean, and he cares for every tear that we cry. Yeah. Sometimes, like, when I'm in the middle of, like, this, these hard things, I'm, it, it encourages my heart to know that he He loves me and he does have a plan. And mm -hmm. and But we live in a fallen world, and it's so hard. Yeah. Um, and, and it's hard. It's hard to know. I, I think sometimes there just aren't words. 
and I like to put words to everything. <laughs> so like, it's going to be okay. But it's not. I mean, Job's friends who sat there and cried alongside him, those were the ones, yeah. you know, like that's when they were doing right. I mean, you know, when they were just there. Yeah. And I think sometimes when you've suffered something like that, you know that because you've experienced that and, mm-hmm. and you can do that for your friend. I mean, you yeah. know, for a friend who comes along who's lost something. And yeah. we might not be the same situation, but it can be yeah. something similar. Yeah. Um, yeah. And when that's where God meets us is in the hard times. And yeah. I wish we didn't have to go through them, but I feel like that's when he becomes real. And so you can pull on that yeah. and know whatever comes your way, like Jesus is with me through everything. So. Yeah. The reason we call this podcast Every Part is because the Bible says that we are all part of God's body. And that's so important to remember. And it's so fun for me to get to hear different people's parts in the body of Christ. And this is what the Bible says about it. Now the body is not made up of one body part, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has arranged the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. What is your part? Like, what do you think God has made your part within your family? Um, I think in my family, like, I, I have, I try to be a safe place. Um, and I think a big part of just the way that the Lord has just drawn me into him um, he, he's called me to, to be actually a little bit of a leader in my family, just mm-hmm. in the aspect of faith, um, which is difficult at times and feeling like, it feels a little bit like pressure yeah. a lot of the times um, to feel like, a, what if I'm not doing it right? What if, what if I'm not showing them Jesus as he is? Um, but uh, yeah, I think a big part of my family is just to, to be the heart and be like the, the a, a place of faith in it like it's interesting like there have been times where like my own mom and father have called me like this is going on like we need you to pray um which is an honor but it also mm-hmm. feels like pressure like and there's aspects of that that like feel like aren't i supposed to be the kid in this like yeah aren't i supposed to be the the baby of the family <laughs> 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 um but it it's definitely something that the Lord, I feel like, has called me to um, and was an aspect in moving down here that uh, I was kind of questioning, like, well, Lord, I'm going to be farther away from family, mm-hmm. closer. Uh, I mean, I've been a little bit closer to my, my oldest brother, who, who's also a believer, um, but um, just making sure, like, I'm intentionally still connecting with my family and and showing them, like, what the Lord's doing in my heart and just showing them that this isn't wasn't a phase and it's not going away it's 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 just it's part of who i am and and my identity is in christ and it's not in anything else (laughs) or your changed life yeah which is so cool and they're getting to see that yeah i I know my dad 
was um, didn't grow up in a believing home, mm-hmm. and when he became a Christian, it was later in life, and it was so hard for his family. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, they 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 couldn't understand. They made fun of him. They, I mean, you know, and yeah. until the end, I mean, it took years before he like his um, like they just they watched him. Mm-hmm. They watched everything, and then his life. God used his life as a wooing to them to draw them near to Jesus. And finally, they all accepted the Lord, which is so cool. Yeah. Um, but it, it's very hard. I know that it has to be hard because your role is different. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, it just is. Then then what it actually was lined up to be. You know, yeah. <laughs> like you're supposed to be, you know, you're the child. But it's, it's yeah. hard. I can't imagine. I would crumble. <laughs> I can tell you, you must be very strong. <laughs> yes. But it's Jesus. I think you're doing an amazing job. And I, I'm from a broken family, too, and I'm kind of in that role of mm-hmm. holding it all together, feeling like they're the ones that are depending on me. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I, I do. I kind of feel like it goes back to what we were talking about earlier. It's just the broken world, you yeah. know, and I get really rated and I feel like, Sometimes it isn't fair, and I'm not capable yeah. of holding. I don't know, and then that's where it just brings me to my knees. I'm like, I just need Jesus, and I feel like you are doing an amazing job. And I, that's Thank really, <laughs> I understand the levity of that to have to just feel that that's mm-hmm. even on you when you mm-hmm. want to be the kid so much. Yeah, um, but I feel like you're doing an amazing job, of even having that awareness to know, like, yeah. that they're seeing the Lord in you, and that is not to be taken lightly. You yeah, know, that's an important piece. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you have to be able to navigate that in a healthy way, which I think that's hard because, like, like I always quote my mother, but whatever. I, like my mama always says, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. Yep. I mean, and that's the same with your family. Like you can, and and that's hard to navigate. Like you can say, like here here's truth, and here's what I've done. But it's hard to navigate your role within mm-hmm. the family without it being something like. Ultimately, you are responsible for you and your relationship with the Lord. I mean, yeah. you know, and and so how do you navigate that role within your family where they don't, I mean, obviously you moved here, so that was a way of like <laughs> stepping back, really, and like yeah. getting ba- safe boundaries. Mm-hmm. Not a good boundaries person. So maybe talk about how you've established, you know, navigating that role within boundaries that don't cripple you. Yeah. Um, I think the the move was a big part of it, just in boundaries and in more than just my family life, and also like um, just a church that I was a part of, and um, just wanting to walk in in healthy spiritual, like emotionally healthy spirituality, and um, I think just not putting all that pressure on myself. Mm-hmm. Like I've learned to be like, okay, Lord, because I'm fearing you, it means I actually believe that you're gonna do what you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's not on me. I'm not the one who's in charge of all of this. Like, um, and I don't have to control it. I don't have to manipulate it. Mm-hmm. I can let you do what you do best. And um, I think it's it's been a surrender of just taking it back to prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, it's become part of like my morning routine to like pray for my family. Um, I I'm still trying to balance out like how much I'm calling home and connecting, um, trying to do that more. Um, but, um, and I, uh, like I'm planning, like I'll be able to fly home semi-frequently. Like I'm, 
I have to go up to Ohio for work for like the first week of May, so I'm planning to surprise my mom for Mother's Day because it's also oh, her birthday sorry. weekend. Um, and uh, just like balancing out, like, okay, this is mine to carry and this isn't. Like, mm-hmm. this is like the Lord can carry this with me. Um, and even just in, in carrying many things in my life, like I, I had a, I was just spending some time with the Lord recently and I just like had this picture in my, in my imagination of like me just handing up my heart to the Lord. Yeah. And I just saw him grab my heart, but then he put it back in my hands and he said, we're gonna carry this together. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think just learning how to, to carry myself, carry my own heart, um, and then giving myself the freedom when, like, when my sister-in-law called me recently, I, I knew I was, had, I was overwhelmed that day. I'd had a long day with work, um, and I just was not in a space to uh, be, like, she called me, she's like, can I, like, she opened up with, can I call you so I don't have to call my therapist? And I was like, can I talk to you about this so I don't have to schedule an appointment with my therapist? And I was like, I'm actually not in a space for that right now. I've had a long day. Can I call you back tomorrow mm-hmm. once I'm freer? Yeah. And she was like, yeah, that's fine. And I was like, okay. I was like, this is good. Yeah. <laughs> um, and like, I didn't call her back that night. I just took some space, sat outside, spent time with the Lord, mm-hmm. um, recharged, and then called her back the next day. And that, then I was in a, a space to help when, yeah. when I had the emotional capacity. And I think um, it's good for a helper to see that. Yeah. Because I feel like I can't let it, that happen. I could never say that. But then you yeah. do it. You step forward in faith and say, I'm setting yeah. this up because I also need to make sure I'm okay. Then yeah. they're okay too. I mean, I think yeah. that you're doing great steps <laughs> to say, yeah. hey, Everything, it didn't all hold yeah. on me. I am not God. I love what you said about releasing control, you mm-hmm. know, and even just the picture of God holding your heart and y'all doing it together. It's just mm-hmm. such a trusting position, which is what mm-hmm. we all need to be in. And I feel like it's so easy just to hold on tightly and say, if I don't pick up that phone, then what's going to happen? And, yeah. I, and it, it's not our role, even though it yeah. feels like that. But I'm really impressed you could just kind of make that step to say, hey, I can do it, just not right now, and that's still loving. Yeah, yeah. And that's been new for me. Um, in in the past, if if I didn't, or if I even if I like missed their call, I would feel so guilty, and like even they weren't putting that on me, but I just had that in yeah. in myself because I hadn't walked through that healing in my heart. Um, where like even if they weren't putting that pressure on me, I would feel so shameful and guilty if I wasn't able to help. And the Lord has just shown me like I'm in control. I've got this. Right. Um, and giving myself the freedom of like, well, there's days where I'm not okay right. and I need to recharge with the Lord and, and help, he'll walk me through that. And then I'm freed up the next day. <laughs> well, and also it just keeps hitting me like you're called to be God, uh, a light to your family, but not called to be God for them. Exactly. You know, like yeah. it is, I mean, like we can become a crutch to our family when we're always there to answer the phone call or rescue and swoop in. I mean, like you look at kids who have been swooped up and saved, they turn into adults that are, you know, can never yeah. get up when they fall, you know, or they just are, you know, so you're, you're, you're doing your part so well by like establishing, like, this is what God's called me to do. And this is a healthy way of me loving you mm-hmm. and wooing you to the Lord at the same time. Like, um, but that's, I think it's just so impressive. I, can't believe you are only 30 years old. <laughs> wow, you're so mature. 
we talked about God being a part, we're all part of God's body. And that's a really big way of how you show your part in mm-hmm. your own immediate family. Yeah. But what about with friendships now since you've kind of moved yeah. past the helper stages there? Uh, are there yeah. ways? What do you? How do you view yourself? Um, yeah, I, I definitely think that I have always tried to be like a safe place for my friends. Um, and I've tried to just love people really intentionally because um, I think a lot of people just kind of don't think about it Mm -hmm. or just do it kind of carefree which is fine because that's not their part (laughs) um (laughs) (laughs) yes they're doing their part you're doing yours yes um but I think just the way I was raised um and I my mom is an incredible person and she's like really taught me a lot about just how to to love and care for people and be a really good listener and I just have learned like the limits of that but like it's really beautiful when I'm able to do it in a healthy way and um, just be a really like a safe place and a sounding board for a lot of my friends um, and just uh, uh, people in general in doing outreaches and ministry, like just being a good listener and, and not trying to be a fixer at mm. times. Because I think a lot of people, especially in the faith, like have a hard time with like, I just need you to hear me. Mm-hmm. I just need to get this outside of me, yeah. and um, and I don't need an answer. I just needed to get it outside of me, um, and I think just the the ways I've grown and and um, the ways I've been raised that like I I'm very much trying to like intentionally listen and intentionally um, just be a part of people's lives and and do those little things that like just surprise people and bless people that. Like, whether it's, like, a small encouraging word out of nowhere or if it's, like, I was really, like, I let people know I was listening. I'm, I'm, I'm strange. Like, I don't, my love language is, like, I do not like receiving gifts, but I love giving gifts. <laughs> <laughs> giving, contributing to the needs of others, giving generously. That is all you, girl. Romans 12, 12. <laughs> yeah. But, because, um, like, I think in just my ability to listen, I can show someone I've been listening by like surprising them with something like months later that like you said this in one conversation like forever ago and now I want to surprise you with it like just because like this idea came into my mind like that's something that like I know I'm really skilled at Uh and like I have an intense ability to like memorize like conversations and like what like I can be like oh you remember like that conversation we had like two years ago when you said this and they're like what (laughs) I'm like what you don't remember that and they're like no I'm like I remember everything about relationships and people and I'm just like very relational so I I definitely think that like a big part of like the way that God's created me is to just like I want you to really see and know people and and show them that they're seen and known Um, and that's one aspect of just like the Lord's been growing me and like like who I am Mm -hmm. the, the most important thing about me is that like I am made to, to, to know and be known by Christ. And like, that's my greatest calling mm-hmm. and, and not being stuck in like, oh, I have to do, do, do for Christ. Right. Like, he's like, no, I already did the work. I want you to know me because I made a way. I, I, I tore the veil and now you can enter into my presence and like realizing how much of a privilege that is. And I think a lot of believers just don't pay attention to th- that privilege that we have to just like walk boldly before the throne yeah and um like one of my favorite verses um is like psalm 30 139 mm-hmm. uh like seek me O god and know me and like reveal everything in me and show me anything that isn't 
like leading me closer to you. So, um, and um, I ju I just love I love like getting to know people and like understanding like what makes them who they are. And and I love hearing people's stories. Like some people are storytellers. Mm -hmm. I'm a really good listener, and I'm like, tell me any story. Like <laughs> I wish there was a word for that, but like there's not. <laughs> like we're great listeners. That is, that it's is. an awesome yeah. gift. That's actually yeah. hard. I don't feel like many people stop and listen. And yeah. I think you're a great storyteller as well. I'm captivated. <laughs> Keep going. Tell yeah. me everything. Stephanie, uh, just you can just keep facing them. Um, <clears throat> uh, is there anything else? Take a moment and think if there's anything else you'd like to share with them about your part. Anything you feel like you didn't get to mention? Yeah, one thing. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Go for it. Tell just us. in in like the last two years, like I was, um, the Lord just has like really been teaching me about like Him being the bread of life. Mm -hmm. Like there's nothing else that will sustain us. There's nothing else that will feed us. And like one of my f favorite verses recently is like John in John six, where Jesus is addressing his disciples, not just his apostles, but like the whole crew of disciples that are following him at that point. And he's saying something that's actually like very offensive. And um, he he's basically saying, "You must eat my flesh and drink my blood in order to be to be to follow me." Mm -hmm. And and Peter has this like honest response that I think like is just a, an aspect of my heart um, just in, in following the Lord. And that's um, where he, he turned, like Jesus turns back to, to his disciples and he says, all, all of a sudden a, bu a bunch of disciples are walking away. Mm -hmm. And he turns back to them and he's like, are you gonna leave too? Like, are, are you, yeah. is this too much for you? Like, and Peter responds like, where else would we go? Because only you have the words of life. Um, and like I just think that's a big aspect of like just my faith and my heart um, and and my part is just like knowing like okay Jesus you're my only option mm -hmm. I've tried other ways I've tried other things I wasn't even like necessarily raised to walk in in this level of, of discipleship and um, like I don't have any other options so like even in the the aspects of when as believers when we struggle with unbelief because um, I think that is a part of faith. Um, it's it's in those moments that uh, like we just have to turn back and just be honest with the Lord. Like Peter wasn't like I don't have anywhere else to go. Right. Like I've you're it. Like you're you're the Christ. You're the Son of God. And um, I I don't have any other options. So I guess we're yeah. I, yeah, we're in this. I'm offended, but I'm gonna keep walking through this. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and find out. Because I think a lot of a lot of times we just don't we're offended by things that we just don't understand, yeah. and mm -hmm. I think the Lord allows us freedom and space to be human and to to struggle with unbelief and have those moments of like, what am I doing here? I don't know what I'm like. Mm -hmm. Everything is horrible right now, and I don't know what's next. And I obviously just walked through a season of that and and feeling very stuck and feeling very like powerless. Um, but the Lord just opened up all these doors and all these avenues to like, okay, well, we're gonna get you some healing in your heart, and we're gonna keep keep walking this road. And um, so, yeah, that's just I think a a big aspect of of the revelation that the Lord's given me like in the last two years. That's just like there's only one thing that'll sustain me. There's only one per one 
one person to fear, and that's the Lord alone. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, so that's what the Lord's been yeah. doing in my heart. And <laughs> I love what Stephanie said when, when like, she was talking about the disciples, and and Jesus says to them, you know, are, you know, are you going to leave me too? And 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 um, and sometimes we do we do get offended by things that we don't understand, and it's hard um, to not just try to answer everything or like have um, you know to to. Think it's just hard when we don't have the answer, and I think it was hard for them when they didn't understand and they didn't have like. But they just said, "No, there's no place else I could go. Like, who else am I going to turn to?" And I think that's where we have to do in our own lives when it it does seem offensive and it does seem like hard to understand. Like, there's nowhere else to turn. And so many times in my life, I felt like that. Like, there's nowhere else to turn but God. Like, how? Who else am I? I mean, that, He's it. And so I love that she, that that has been so important to her and like that that ministered to her so much because it ministers to me. Um, because without Jesus, I, I would have nothing. I mean, he is, he's who I turn to. And, and, um, yeah. Absolutely. I think that that's the biggest part that I heard was just that she kept saying over and over that the Lord sustains her. Mm -hmm. And I think it's so easy, especially in this, world we're living in right now to get distracted and think well this seems fun maybe this will work and it doesn't it no. might for a temporary time but what really sustains through the hard and the good and all of life is Jesus and he's the bread of life and I feel like she does a really great job of doing her part and showing us that it doesn't come easy it wasn't something that she said I'm going to do this and then it's all been downhill for her it's been something that she's really worked on just trusting the Lord day after day and giving up her desires for more of Him, even when it seems hard and it seems like not the way that everyone else is going, but she turns to Him and that's what true life is about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It makes me excited about her part and, and about all of our parts and seeing how like when we do what God has called us to do, how beautiful the body is and how beautiful it works together. Yes. So now go and do your part.